Chevy in the bay going crazy. Put peace on the hood, Mercedes. Young boys letting off 80. Lean next to a DR like Haiti. This ain't no corner, no Bailey. No internet clown gon' play me. Money ain't never gon' make me. I can win with a couple bucks like Brady. If she ain't baby, you cannot shame me. When they gon' pay me to shut my mouth. Ain't gotta okay me, then they gon' save me. I'm finna stay. What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Hope all is well with you guys. Uh, listen, we, we've got some guests today. They're not really guests, actually. They're family. Talk um, to them. They've been on before. Um, oh. only one, it's crazy. We've only done one other episode together. Uh, but we have many conversations. The text thread is... Feels like a podcast episode each time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> all the conversations we've had in person, online, all of that has culminated to this moment maybe not culminate to this moment but <laughs> there have been some conversations we've had recently that have led to this particular conversation yes, uh, sir. they are some of my favorite people um they are people who have faith in a big god and live like their god is big not Come only on. in their Somebody. theology but with the way they <laughs> live their lives they're risk takers they're willing to put it all on the line and see God work and do what he does best. Um, always encouraged by them. They're, if you know them personally, you know they're encouragers. Anything you set out to do, they're going to pray for you, encourage you, speak life into you. And uh, I'm excited to have them on this conversation. They, they're now also podcasters, Love and Light with Loseas. Uh, we've got none other than Loza and Isaiah with us. What's up, gang? Hey, uh, finally. Yeah, talk about <laughs> gassing people up. Honestly, Woo! I nah, feel nah. so encouraged. Um, <laughs> I'm floating. I'm pretty much ascending. <laughs> but it's crazy because it's like, it's you, you know, it's the homie. We're having conversations. And so that is how you. that's how he's like in real life. Too. Yeah. So thanks for having us. It's an yeah. honor to be on shaping the culture. What's up, man? How y'all feeling? <laughs> okay, you want should we keep it a buck right now? Keep it a buck, bro. We feel it super great, but as as you know, uh we just we just uh subsided past the hurricane. Mm. What we told you, the you hurricane. Know, the hurricane. That, you know, every, every the parenthood hurricane, you mm. know, passes through the house every night. Yeah. You know, you just <laughs> wrangle together with the kids, you know, yeah. Yeah. On this this thing, that thing, but we made it, man. We made it. We survive every night. It truly is a hurricane. I, I was at your place literally a few nights ago. <laughs> Isaiah is vacuuming. Loza is applying lotion. The other baby is running around. It's just all over the place. I'm like, yo, are they all right? Are they okay? Yeah, but uh, I'm and glad it's that y'all made it. all timed, so you got to get it done by but 8 o'clock. It's like literally. But to be honest, you're not realizing that. That's how I know how much we got love for Easy e is that we let him into the cyclone and we didn't even like, you know, cause like depending on who it is, we like, all right, let's just keep everything all buttoned up. Yeah. Let's make sure everything's in order. This will stop that here. But we did, not, we did not yeah. even blink an eye at nah. the fact that you were in the mix, bro. You were straight up in the yeah, mix, dog. For so. sure. Yeah, I love That's it. In, in the, in the middle of that. Hopefully that was a nice dose for you in advance of what parenthood <laughs> looks like. I'm in no rush. <laughs> <laughs> time, I'm in no Take rush. Don't let her press you like that. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but I am really excited about this conversation. Something that I have truly valued 
about the both of you guys is you are, you know, to your point, you're not ashamed of letting people in on the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, you know, I know I remember one time I was like, man, I'm really inspired by you guys' marriage. I love the way you guys interact with one another. I think it was Loza that was just like, oh, we got we got issues, too. And we got problems. And, you know, you guys have never shied away from being authentic and um, letting the gospel shine through that. You know, I think we live in a day and age where people want to evangelize with their strengths. But I, somebody once told me, you know, only a few people can resonate with your strengths, but everybody can resonate with your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so uh, thank you guys for always leading uh, with transparency, even though it's not easy. Um, I know I'm better for it. I know your podcast listeners are better for it. And I know this conversation is going to be better for it. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to dive in. <laughs> Let's go. So here it is. We're just going to just dive in. Right. Um, y'all been married four or five years. That was set up. That was set up. Five years, bro. <laughs> Good job. Five years going Just checking. Good job. Good job. You passed the first question. Uh, <laughs> y'all right? You sweating over there? <laughs> we haven't even asked the first question yet. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's get warmed up. <laughs> All right, five years going on six years. And I am sure that you guys have learned a lot about yourselves, a lot about marriage. And I want to start this conversation by asking, um, growing up, what did you think marriage would look like? Uh, Whether it's from what you saw from your family, maybe uh, TV, movies, uh, friends, whatever it is, what were some of those expectations you guys had of marriage in light of what you were exposed to that's good you start (laughs) um i don't i don't think my expectation was too far off i think you know at the core you see marriage as you know two friends who are in love with each other but i think me growing up i i I, of course i idealized the whole thing i think Mm -hmm. i actually idealized the whole thing even up until the point we actually got married and we woke up next to each other in our apartment. Uh, I was like, wait a second, what are you going to say? No, 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 no. So what happened that morning? (laughs) No, I got, no, we know, you know this, like I, one of the first memories I have of just like being totally blindsided in a sense of like what like marriage life was like. (laughs) So Uh, a conversation about like, do you remember this? Like keeping the honey in the fridge oh, yeah, or that whatever. Was our first argument. And and it was it, it was just like it's not a big deal. Obviously, you gotta give them the story. Talk to them. Right so now. I'm extremely OCD and like very type A. Everything has a place. Everything has order in our home. Yeah. In my and this is my first time living with in a man. My home. Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear like the, the whole situation? We're so already starting like, off on a great foot. <laughs> oh, Literally. I remember coming, um, our schedules were kind of off. I, I was working in nine to five at the time and I had come home from work, like left. Like this is how anal I was. Like I ironed my bed sheets. I would like do my bed. Pillowcases were ironed. I, I would leave the house immaculate. Wow. Came home and I found like, we had a black carpet I remember and I found like lint on the carpet when I got home. I was a psychopath. And then, and then I was not only living that, you know, the house was in disarray. 
when I opened the fridge and I saw honey inside the fridge, I think that was literally Bro. just the pin in the coffin. All I, I, I was remember, like, who puts honey in the fridge? I, I don't like, actually, who does that? And then I was so upset. I don't even know. I didn't know how to express it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have to live with this man. Yeah. I, all I remember, <laughs> I stormed out of the house, well, I, and that I, was in the first week. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the actual details as to how. Well, it wait, wait, wait. She said she stormed out of the house. I don't think you stormed out of the house. I stormed out of the house. Yes, I was so upset. I was like, who puts honey in the fridge? I stormed out of the house, and then I was like, okay. When I got to myself, I was like, there've got to be better ways to to discuss this or like they're uh, so she said stormed out i remember someone busting in that's what i remember i, I just I remember someone storming in being like who puts honey in the fridge and i'm like bro like it's honestly i didn't think it was that big of a deal but actually yeah. who puts honey in the fridge but like, like what but like you know more specifically i think that you know it was this was the start of me realizing or us realizing that two very different people regardless of how much we love each other and how good of friends we were, mm. we were about mm. to figure out what it really meant yeah. to do life together and start merging what was previously mm. two existences into one. Mm. And that was like the first core memory I have of like how what was originally an idealized version of marriage was actually a uh, crash course into welcome to mm -hmm. uh, reality. Yeah. Um, and for me growing up, I think, you know, so I wasn't necessarily raised in the church. So I didn't have like images of like quote, unquote, godly relationships. Like when I grew up and I thought of marriage, um, my mom's a powerhouse. Like she's a strong woman. You know, my dad's also a very respectable man. Um, and collectively they just were great together. And so I always imagined marriage to be like, not to quote, is it Neo and Fabulous? Don't but quote it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Not to quote. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to quote for the record. Um, I'm a force. What is it? I'm a movement by myself, but we're a force when we're together. Mm. Good song. But that's what I imagined in my mind. I was like, you know, when people come together, they're like powerhouses. There's like, you know, um, global domination. You know, that's what I'm like thinking in my mind, you know? And so um, when I always view marriage, I viewed it very much once I became a believer, like, oh, this is a purpose, like something that is purposed. I believe that marriage is supposed to be, you know, I'm good and I can do my purpose on my own. I can handle it by myself because, you know, God has designed me as a unique individual, but two is better than one. And yeah. collectively, yeah. I want to be able to have that. And um, that's, I think the only thing that I really thought of when I thought of marriage is like, I want a marriage that glorifies God. I want a marriage that's going to push the limits of what doing and working out my purpose looks like with another person and that was something that I, you know over time as i grew in my faith i started to envision and um that was the model i didn't i didn't i don't think i imagined all the ancillary stuff that comes with that and that you're right you're two human beings with two yeah. very different pasts two yeah. different upbringings coming together and basically um what that would look like in us polishing each other in the journey that's marriage. Um, that was new to me, but I think, yeah, I, I very much viewed it just as purpose, purpose, purpose. And- Newsflash, it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, it's more than that. It's more than that. That's real. Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like y'all didn't have too many crazy expectations. Y'all had pretty normal, I mean, purpose is, I think a great expectation to have for marriage. 
Um, with Isaiah, I don't necessarily, you know, you know, you, would you say that you didn't anticipate y'all rubbing shoulders or y'all, you know, getting into <laughs> arguments or fights or differences or anything like that? Did you figure? You know, what, man, something perfect? I realized about myself: I'm a very idealistic person. Uh, yeah. I tend to, I tend to uh, erase negative things. <laughs> Uh, this Loza, is accurate. Loza always accuses me of skipping from one happy stone in life to the next. Liz, <laughs> you escaped my life un, unscathed. Yeah. By all Dude, things, not, the, literally all not the, dinged up at all, all by negativity, life. Negativity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I don't, I, I never really tend, this is true of me in general, I don't tend to like fixate on things that could be negative. Gotcha. So. I don't think those things were lost on me, but like, I don't think I just, I didn't spend too much time pondering them, you know? So, yeah. um, I knew conflict and resolution, conflict was resolution in marriage is, is, is a very like real thing about that dynamic. But, yeah. um, I would say like, and we're jumping a little bit here, but I think even though we did do marital premarital counseling, I would say we probably skated past that part because we did kind of an expedited, uh, pre-marriage pre-marriage counseling like not even expedited but like we didn't really do a program that really dived deep into some of those things yeah so i think we could have probably spent some more time thinking through them uh as opposed to just you know yeah we did the marriage it's like we knew that we needed to do marriage counseling so we were long yeah. distance in a relationship and so i ended up moving to la so that we would have that time to do the premarital counseling which on paper like looks great. You're supposed to do marriage counseling, then you get in, you know, then you get married. Um, so we did it. Yeah. But I think what we came to discover was the quality of the premarital counseling is integral. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it is the difference between having the tools necessary to get into marriage equipped versus not. I mean, we did a couple I, worksheets. I would actually we like learned say, about where our times are. I, spent. I would actually even say take it one step further, even getting counsel counseling from a marriage counselor or like a therapist would probably be a great idea as I well think so too. to just yeah. take it one layer further yeah. um, as opposed to saving that for, you know, once you're married, which we eventually did also, which was critical right. uh, for our relationship. We actually opted to do that prior to having a baby um, yeah. because yeah. we knew that life was going to change in a major way. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the smartest things we've ever done. So mm -hmm. good job on that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what I'm hearing is y'all both were in for a rude awakening when it came to the two becoming one. So it's interesting, yeah. even in scripture, leave and cleave, uh, you know, when, when God says, Wait, you say know, that in non-Christianese, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> leave and cleave. Leave <laughs> uh, it's essentially <laughs> the two becoming one. You know, you will leave your mother and father and become one with your spouse or what have you. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, but when you <laughs> when you study the passage, you know this idea of leaving. It's an instant, but the two becoming one. It's a lifetime process, mm. right? So the leaving is mm. overnight, but then cleaving you know the two becoming okay. one literally takes a lifetime right because you're you're taking your own two different experiences two different backgrounds two different um um uh, uh 
I'm, uh, the word is escaping me. Um, I was going to say genre, but that's not the word I want to use. Um, gender. That's it. I was like, why am I blanking on that word? Two different genders, two different uh, stories of success, two different family origins, two different insecurities, all of that. Yes. And, and now it's becoming one and you've got to figure out how to leave what you knew to be true and create a whole new reality. And I guess like my follow-up question was, um, how has that process been the last five, six years of taking what was known and, and kind of leaving that aside so that you guys can create your own reality, your own unique experiences and your own new set of uh, tradition? Okay. I think a lot of it for myself was self-awareness. I think mm -hmm. the more that I spent time with Isaiah, the more I learned about myself, right? And people have asked me before, like, what's the best way to prepare for marriage? And I'm like, yes, while you can do premarital counseling and get the necessary tools, there is nothing that will prepare you for marriage like marriage. You will <laughs> never know how you're going to respond in a set, right. you know, discussion with your husband under you know however much stress you might be at work or whatever you'll never be in that set of circumstances until you're actually there yeah and how you respond is only going to illustrate who you actually are versus mm. who you once thought you were yeah, or yeah. who you know in, in an ideal version of yourself you would be and so yeah. um i think the first step for me was realizing hey girl are you not as you know, light and easy maintenance as you think you are, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah thanks. Hey. But like, there's like certain ways that I need to be communicated with or like certain mm. ways that he has to apologize to me for the apology to register, you know, versus him apologizing a certain way and me saying, oh, actually, that doesn't feel like it was authentic. But I wouldn't have known that unless we were in, you know, this intimate setting. Um, and what I've discovered as well was that you know, with my family, everyone, I have my shortcomings and the closest people to me before Isaiah were my family, mm -hmm. people that could tell me who I was or, um, yeah, who, who I actually was, where my shortcomings were. But unfortunately it would often get dismissed and they'd just be like, oh, that's just Loza. Oh, that's just Loza. Mm -hmm. And for so long, I carried wow. a lot of that, a lot of just my bad parts or my bad habits or things that are just not conducive to a healthy marriage with me until I actually had to address them and confront them when I met Isaiah. I wasn't gonna let it go, man. No, and he's like, no, well, why do you do that? I'm like, I don't know, just leave me alone. Like, yeah. just let me sit in my corner and mope, you know? But I think that's the um, cool thing about like two people who love each other and hold each other accountable and care to see each other continue to move forward yeah. uh, and become who we're supposed to be. Um, and that accountability piece, I think, is unlike any other in a marriage because you can't hide from your significant other. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like even with your own family, you can you can still kind of keep enough layers, even though they're fam, yeah, there's yeah. still layers, but like there's just no layers here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. everything is all exposed. Cause like, you know, we're we're we've cleaved, as you said. You know? <laughs> so and uh, you know, you have you have to be accountable to like explaining away the things that maybe are not you're you're not proud of it, you're not you can't stand by if you guys are you know, doing that thing together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. To answer your question from my end, I think one thing that has helped us um, kind of come together in that way over the last couple of years is also having just clarity and vision for 
what we believe the purpose for our marriage is and where we believe we're going and what we're supposed to do as a married couple. Yeah. And I think when there's clarity in that vision, I think it helps to kind of do away with all of this stuff that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to look past the issues that might be more periphery and to really focus on the big picture. Um, and I think that's definitely something that has helped us make difficult decisions. It's helped us to stay the course when we lose hope or when we're kind of feeling shaky. Um, we always kind of have a North Star as to where we're going and why we do what we do. Yeah, and on that point, I think having that unity and vision is important. And so oftentimes if we find ourselves in like an argument or something, anything that comes to like divide us, steal, kill and destroy our unity and our ability to move forward in purpose. Um, it knowing that we need to be together for us to be effective makes us far more aware that we are not each other's enemy, but right. there's an enemy that's coming in the middle to create that division, to that keep was, us and thwart us from doing good things. That was, that was actually a, a huge revelation for yeah. us is, you know, cause like, especially when you have two strong, willed people in yeah. a relationship. I think it's so important to remind each other that like, regardless of how passionately I feel about something or regardless of how passionately you feel about something, we are on the same team. Right. We literally right. are working together for yeah. one purpose. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. think men understand that a little bit better just because you guys love sports and things like that. And not, this is not to like, like generalize or whatever, but every time he's like, we're on the same team, well, so don't fight me. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're on the same Play team. Defense, why, girl. why are you fighting me? Like, Say it this way, don't say it that way. You know? Yeah. I quite understand until I realize, you know, they're really, it's us and siding on God's side against the enemy and everything that he's trying to do to thwart what God has envisioned for us wow. to do in us and through us. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. They actually say um, where purpose is missed, abuse is inevitable, right? And mm -hmm. one thing that I love about your union is right from the jump, it seemed like you guys had a common denominator which was purpose this is what we're going to hone in on um do you think that that's a regular thing i mean i want to there's some other questions i want to get into but as you guys are talking you guys are just sparking new ideas and thoughts and questions or what have you but do you i mean you guys are around married people you guys we we, we have a sense for what culture how culture defines marriage and what why people want to get married do you feel like that's something that's at the forefront because i don't hear that when i hear people who want to get married it's like oh i don't want to be alone i want somebody i can travel with i want i want to have kids you know mm -hmm. i want someone that um will will you know help me build something or what have you but very rarely do you hear at least in my you know i don't want to make mm -hmm. this everybody's story in my uh sphere of influencer in my experiences I don't really hear that often. Like I, I want to get married and then have a shared goal and purpose that will benefit both parties and honor and glorify God. Do you think that that's something that's missing in our culture and in our generation? They're like, he's trying to set us up. What? He's trying to set us up. What? <laughs> don't say nothing, man. <laughs> don't say nothing. <laughs> Honestly, um, that, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, I think that's hard, hard to answer because I, I feel like everyone has a different purpose. You know what I'm saying? So like, what if, what if two people came together with the belief that they wanted to travel and see the world and experience life that way. I think those two people, like maybe is that the height of like what they were supposed to experience together? I don't know. 
I have no idea. Um, this man's being but, politically correct right now. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not worried about I mean, it's no, not no, about I'm anyone in particular, but like, it, it's, I only hesitate because I think what that question presupposes is that like, and maybe actually, now that I'm kind of talking it through my mind, I'm starting to arrive to the conclusion myself. But like, if as Christians, we were made in God's image and our, our purpose is to give God glory through, you know, what we do, then I guess to some extent, the union of two people together should reflect that to some extent. But, um, you know, not everyone is necessarily going to do ministry, you know what I'm saying? Or like some ministry adjacent thing. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think the marriage itself is fulfills the purpose of reflecting the relationship between Christ and the church. So within the union itself, yeah, does it complete the work that it's supposed to do in us? Yes, that is fulfilled in purpose. Um, but do I think that people view it as like purposed work with two people coming together like we do? Maybe not. I don't Maybe think not. so. Because I think I, we're inherently, I, I'm at my core a very ambitious person and I view everything in light of fulfilling God's will over my life. Yeah. Isaiah does the same. And I think we all as Christians should have that endeavor within us to fulfill the will of God in our life, whatever that looks like, right? Right, right. That's, you know. Maybe but, maybe it's more explicit for us because like you said, we're too very goal oriented yeah. and yeah, just yeah. our thinking. Mm -hmm. So like, I think maybe it comes across more explicitly, but you know, I, I think I think people are drawn together for for different reasons, and even if it's not plastered on their forehead, then you know I still think yeah. there are ways in which those two people can oftentimes be effective. We see that all yeah. the time mm -hmm. with different pairings in our mm -hmm. friend circles, you know. So for sure, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so nice one trying to trying to set us up, buddy. <laughs> I almost got you. I almost got you. <laughs> um, I did want to get to the crux of this conversation. Um, you know, for those who, you know, clicked on, you've already seen the title of this episode. But, um, you know, my my question for y'all is what what are some things you wish you knew about marriage before getting married? Um, one thing that I picked up from the conversations we're already having is you guys are driven by purpose and then there is a sense of humility where when you're confronted with self there there's this response of well i should look into that and i should check that and i should grow in this i can't just get away with it like i've been getting away with it my entire life so i sense that humility piece and i'm and i'm assuming that has served you guys well in how you guys have processed surprises in the marriage uh, but what, what are some of those things you wish you knew before getting married that could have helped a lot? Yeah. Can, can we share that anecdote of, uh, <laughs> right before Christian was born? Yeah. Feel free. Let's bounce off back and forth. Cause, uh, <laughs> we were going to take a baby moon or no, actually, no, we took a baby moon, mm -hmm. a baby moon. For those of you guys who do not know is a trip. Uh, honoring your last uh, attempt at freedom before another human comes into your family. But this is a second baby moon. That was our second. So, our, so yeah, our first supposed child. Supposed freedom. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know. <laughs> um, so after that, we, uh, because it didn't, it wasn't actually truly a, a vacation because we had a child with us, mm -hmm. um, we decided to go on a one-day trip to the mountains, mm -hmm. got a cabin there, and the plan was for us to, spend time in prayer, 
um, just to get our mind right, uh, to get on the same page about like these changes that were going to happen uh, and to really, you know, cast a new vision for our family uh, as a new family of four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was supposed to be relaxing and, you know, all that stuff. So like we took the day, had some lunch and then, you know, we're going to do a drive up there and, and all that good stuff. But what we started finding is that that day was riddled with a lot of uh, adversity, I guess you yeah. can call it. Um, we basically argued the entire drive up. Yeah. And I have no things, reason why. I have no understanding why. Just random arguments that made no sense. I was like laughing about it with you. You were like arguing about who was pulling people better before. It was like truly to... dumb, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, who had more game in college? Oh, oh, I have more games. <laughs> Hey, let's make a let's make a poll on Instagram right now. Whatever. Anyways, round two was, right here. Yeah, literally a dumb argument that actually turned into an argument, and we basically bickered the entire time um, on our way up the mountain. Obviously, the argument wasn't truly about that. What was underneath it was something deeper that we didn't really unpack at the time, um, and. I remember us getting to the Airbnb uh, and literally, literally bickered up, driving up the entire mountain, parked the car, and then I'll just, we took a sigh and we looked, I looked at her, I was like, all right, Loza, let's just go up there, let's go pray, and let's just, just uh, get the show on the road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I credit Loza uh, at that point because I think one important thing that she did was she stopped us in our tracks from doing our whole goal-oriented thing of oh we need to do this this and this and accomplish these things and she was like what what are we really trying to accomplish here and how can we even like mm. try to go into this environment when we both clearly mm. don't have our mind or hearts right mm -hmm. and i think that was the first step of us kind of shifting the tide in a slightly different direction. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this event happened five years into our marriage. Yeah. So one of the reasons why, you know, and I'll, I'll explain further, therapy was so great was because it gave us a bunch of tools to learn how to communicate with each other. We were learning how to navigate conflict resolution. When I'm upset, this is how, you know, you should address Loza. And I think a big one was like, look, you know, th things that just constantly we seem to find themselves resurfacing. Liz is not trying to be controlling. Well, Isaiah isn't trying to be disregarding your emotions, Loza. Like all these things um, we were navigating and we were addressing and doing pretty well. But I feel like for some reason, there was such a huge revelation that happened for me during that trip that unlocked, I think, the next phase in our marriage mm. and what a game changer it was. And I just kept thinking to myself, man, if I would have known this five years ago, bleh, we wouldn't be like bickering as much as we were about little things like a little old married couple, you know, we laugh about it, we clown like we joke around, but you know, and what I came to understand was a book that we had actually been given, that we were given when we got married was a book called Love and Respect, and I never actually cracked it open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And neither of us. yeah, neither of us cracked it open. And what we came to learn is, you know, um, I think Paul, if I'm not mistaken, Paul is the one that's sharing it. And he says, in summary, you know, wives respect your husbands and husbands um, love your wives as you love yourself, I think is that it's Ephesians 5. As Christ loved the church. Correct, if I'm right. 533? Yes. Yeah. Love. Oh, love you mean, your, hold love on, your, hold on. 
uh, as Christ loved the church, right? Is that the passage? Yeah. You were, you were muted for a second. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That was, that was us. Ephesians, somewhere Ephesians 5, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it and is. it is 533. Uh, I don't know the exact address. I know it is Ephesians 5, though. Let me pull it. Yeah. So in that passage, Paul's like painting this image. And I've like read it countless times before, like, wives respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. And I'm like, respect. All right. <laughs> Throw that out. <laughs> For some reason, right, I read right. it. Remember, she's talking about the Bible here. So. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, this is historical. We're just going to skip right on past that. But I think for some reason, we re I realized, you know, as we were talking and then later as we dived into the book, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is an actual mm. entire thing here that, you know, women at our core, we desire and we're, it's so much easier for us to extend love and to be loving and nurturing, that's just biologically within our nature, and to receive love, right? Um, and why, why this was so revelatory to me, I just don't understand, but I never realized that a man wants respect more than he desires love. Mm. And I just could not understand. I was like, what do you mean, Isaiah? Like, yeah. what do you mean you don't want, you know, you would pick respect over love? which explained to me countless times and in previous conversations when Isaiah would say things like, oh, I don't feel like you respect me, Loza. I'm like, but I never said anything that was inherently disrespectful or this, that, or the other. I love you. Uh, and I'd say statements around that. But the whole argument around that book, and, you know, he calls it the vicious cycle, is like, you know, if a husband does something that's quote unquote, and I'm starting with the husband, <laughs> but if the husband does something or says something that's unloving to me, I would respond naturally from a place of disrespect yeah. and i would say something that would be like snide or like remarky and it would come off condescending or rude or just yeah disrespectful to isaiah which would further fuel him to be like okay well i'm you know not even respected in my own home therefore responds in a kind of unloving way and then that cycle just continues and continues and continues um so ultimately the things that come most naturally to men are like we show respect to each other pretty easily, right? Like, I feel like that's kind of a given that men afford each other. And in the same, so in the same way, like me thinking I'm giving respect to Loza feels like, oh, that should do the trick. Like I, if I respect you, Which then I, 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 do like being I feel like yeah. that should really do a lot of the heavy lifting. But what we've come to find through the scripture and the wisdom from the scripture and even the anecdotal information from the book is that the thing that we give most freely, they don't necessarily, um receive that and want not that they don't yeah. receive it but they they desire something else yeah. and the thing that she gives us really love yeah. I, I know you love me i don't need you to prove that to me i actually would like for you to show me that you respect me right and yeah. for some reason he was like oh it's and it is easier for me to say i love you but then he was like I think he asked me, he was like, how easily can you say I respect you? And I was like, and she's like, gulp, like literally. <laughs> was, for some reason, I was so stressed. I was like, respect like, like, and, it's, it's, my... and I actually, sorry to, sorry to have to say this. I feel like a, a, a byproduct of why even people think that way to some extent is that there's a, a part of our culture that's almost made it taboo to show respect to men in that way. And, and I feel like, you know, that kind of being in the back of one's mind could really influence why you might feel uncomfortable even professing that because maybe you feel like that might diminish what, mm. what you believe about yourself. And I think re in, in reality, it really, it, it, showing respect to another person does not diminish, you know, your sense of self or the, self, the sense of respect yeah. that you 
are given or the sense of respect and that you deserve And the reason well. I think that that respect was so difficult for me to even just like utter, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Is because at my at my core, I'm a feminist. Like I am very much pro-female feminist movement that like women are capable of doing, you know, a lot. And for years, women have been oppressed by men. Mm. And you want me to come go out of my way and just give you respect, just to give you respect, like, right. come on now, you know, right. but what I came to understand, and I think that it definitely was the work of the Holy Spirit, because it's true, while a woman can still very much, I mean, women are superheroes, there's so much that we do as mothers, as wives, as sisters, as friends, we juggle things so gracefully yeah. and so beautifully that in the beauty that is a woman, like a man doesn't have to be diminished in the process. But this idea that like, there's a false dichotomy that's been presented that says that if you respect the man, a man the way he should, then it somehow diminishes your sense of self as a woman. And I think what we've come to realize through this is that it's absolutely not the case. And when I prioritize going out of my way, and sometimes um, going against my nature to over communicating the love that I have for her yeah. and makes it that much more organic for her to feel safe enough and to feel loved enough to express what feels reciprocal when she gives right. me respect. Yeah, enough. so like, right. oh, I do respect you. Thank you for, you know, working hard. Like I'm, not withholding, I'm not withholding this from you. Inspiring me. I respect the way that you move and operate in the world around you. And I think as women, you know, strong women that kind of exist in society, I think this is why it was like a like an aha moment for me was you know if inherently you know women are not able to respect men because we've worked so hard to just level up and do all of this and say oh men have to earn my respect this that or the other it kind of diminishes the role of men in society and i had shared this with you easy as well like if men's role is diminished in society and women are just running everything I do think that it kind of deconstructs the family unit. If you deconstruct a family unit, you deconstruct society, you know, yeah. communities. If you can deconstruct communities, you deconstruct society at large. And then right. we're kind of like lost on the original design that God had. And it was like, wow, it's almost an insidious way for the enemy to use yeah. something that is so, so powerful and so beautiful. That is the feminist movement while causing us to demasculinate men you know and what's uh, powerful really about all of this at the end of the day is that you need each person just as much mm -hmm. in order for this to really work yeah, you know truly. it's not about diminishing one over another it's about understanding the necessity for both of us and to mm -hmm. highlight what is different but to recognize that we need each other for this thing to work mm -hmm. right. and i think that was the ultimate realization um and just to put it really simply the the understanding that I need to be way more intentional about communicating how I feel about you right. and communicating the love I have for you. And then yeah. on the other hand, what might not come naturally to you in communicating your respect is ultimately what creates that balance between the dynamic between yeah. the two of us. And it really made it, it really made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that, I think that was a huge misconception was just that yes, men desire respect more than love. Um, and I need to feel loved in order for me to be able to respect. And so it's like, which came first? And, you know, luckily for us, it was that we are both God-fearing people who answer mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit. So even in moments of like, okay, well, then which one comes first? Are you supposed to love me first for you to deserve my respect? And it's like, no, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, I answer to 
Mm. How I treat my husband is my responsibility and how I answer to the Lord. I don't answer to Isaiah with that. Mm. I answer to the Lord as to how faithfully I'm stewarding my role as his wife. You mm. told me that I'm to respect him because it's in scripture. Okay, God, I'm respecting him. Not Isaiah, I'm respecting you, but because I'm answering to the Lord, I will respect you regardless of whatever you present and you will love me regardless of right. how I come off if it sounds disrespectful. So literally for like, um, it said in the book, it said something like for the, for however many years you've been married, for however many years that you've been married, it'll take you that many months to reprocess, to reanalyze wow. and to like change your language. So we'd been married for five years and then it's been at least five months and I've noticed a huge and difference. Was, and, and, it was, and it's a super intentional act, the super intentional act. And, and, and this is by no stretch saying that we had it perfectly figured no. out because Loza will constantly remind me, hey, what was the acronym for, because uh, like the book has like acronyms uh, about like how you can be more intentional about how husbands can love their wives. Like I think the, the, the one for husbands was called couples. Like closeness, openness, understanding, uh, peacemaking, okay. loyalty. Mm. We're gonna have to revisit E. Uh, empathy, empathy. Ooh, Maybe right. something like that. Couple, yeah. Um, what was yours? Yours was chairs. Chairs, yeah. and so men need to be respected when it comes to see conquest. They need to. They have a desire to work to achieve, to protect, and to provide. So anything that mm. comes off somewhat disrespectful around any of those areas, they mm. don't like. H is the hierarchy of just saying, you know what, you're, you know, I believe that in God's model that you are casting a vision for this family and we're working together to fulfill this vision. Yeah. Um, let's see, H, A is um, not accountability. Oh, someone needs to get back uh, to the a, books. I a. Someone needs to get back to the books. <laughs> Uh, but you get the point though. Yeah, I, I insight seeking the other person's insight. R is um, relationship and working side to side with each other. And mm -hmm. S is obviously sex. So mm -hmm. sexuality. Let's talk about <laughs> hey, I'm waiting yeah. for that on the Light and Love podcast. <laughs> yeah. next, next up, baby. Next up. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. Anyways, that's been like such a game changer in how we communicate yeah. with each other and even being able to like unpack our arguments like wow that came off disrespectfully that came off unlovingly like okay yeah. it's not you hating me and me hating you it's yeah. that we have an issue with the way we communicate and you know what this really communicates ultimately is that as you might imagine marriage is hard work right you know i saw like did you see the um the michelle obama clips that were going around yeah. where she was talking yeah, yeah. about like how the challenging marriage was and i saw on twitter people were like dang michelle obama make me not want to get married and i was like yo y'all have no idea bro like because <laughs> because the thing is a lot of times in society i think we like i did when i first got married yeah. we idealize yeah. what marriage is supposed to be yeah it's like you coming together with your best friend and yeah, yeah, yeah. you having the romance but like behind that when all the dust settles there's also a real intentionality that's that's necessary for this to go the distance. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. that's the reason why we have so many, such a high divorce rate in, in our, in our society yeah. is because people don't really grasp the gravity of the work that it takes to really make this thing work, you know, yeah. to put God at the center of it and to die to yourself as a result. And, right. you know, as we were talking about through that scripture, um, that it, it really does take 
the intentionality of loving and respecting each other just as a small piece of it to really you mm-hmm. know make this thing work yeah, so I agree. yeah yeah i i just want to say thank you guys for sharing that there is so much wisdom um in what you guys expressed and i know we've had this conversation off camera um and i just want to i, I have a couple questions and if y'all don't want to go there, that's okay. Go there. <laughs> go there. <laughs> I, I just, because you know that. Yeah, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Say. <laughs> what? I'm scared. <laughs> no, my, my man uh, had to take three deep breaths, bro. Where is he going? <laughs> Yo, chill out, dog. Like, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So I think in light of what you guys shared, when I, as you guys are speaking, I'm thinking to myself, there's, there's a lot of different moving parts that need to take place. Humility being one. Healing. Like and it, there, I hear a lot of healing in the way you guys are talking because there has been so much brokenness between the relationship of man and woman and this is not new to us this is not our generation's issue this started with adam and eve as soon as sin entered the world there was discord between men and women right and there are different iterations of that it looks different um but at the end of the day it all comes from the same place and i guess my follow-up question is was it difficult to remove your yourself from the conversation at large that's, ha- that's being had in culture in order to really address head on what's going on in your family unit in order for you guys to do what's best for y'all? Because it's so easy to let the outside noise, all the conversation. I mean, Isaiah's talked about, you know, people's response to Michelle Obama. And it's so easy to look at Twitter and be like, Nah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with what everybody else is saying and I'm going to do it my way. But it takes real humility to be to be convinced that maybe that's not working and I should trust God at his word. And at the very least, try it his way, regardless of what everything in me is saying and what culture at large is saying. And so I guess my question is, was it difficult to drown out all the outside noise and really focus on you two and say, okay? we keep running into this problem culture is saying we should deal with it a certain way god is leading us a different way let me trust this word and and see how that works or was that pretty simple was that a pretty simple resolve for both of you guys that's a great question i think mind you when that a lot of that revelation came in one we were in a place of just fasting and prayer we had kind of just gone away to the mountains just to say okay we need Mm -hmm. to just unpack and prepare and we went in hoping to like goal set and prepare for baby and like life and i think you know definitely an invitation from the holy spirit was necessary because once we got Mm. there like we could have just gone with the motions and did what we needed to do but i think it took us being sensitive to the holy spirit and saying you know what and i think a certain level of desperation too Mm. i think i was desperate that after five years, like we've not picked up on, come on, bro. Like, how are we still bickering about who's pulling more (laughs) in college? How are we not figuring this out? I don't understand, you know what I mean? 
And the fact that we were in that position, I just was like, this is a, an honest to God joke. I don't understand. And yeah. so I think the fact that we were like just nitpicking little things, I'm like, with each passing year, it should just get just significantly easier, much less bickering about the little things. I mean, I know we're human, but I think the first thing was being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The yeah. second thing was just being desperate for at at, at its core fortification of our marriage mm. to prepare us for all that God had yeah. in store for us. And so when we came with the that level of desperation, I think it made us sensitive to hearing it. And the first moment that I was like, the love and respecting, I was like, run that again by me, God. What <laughs> what had you had said? Like, you sure about yeah. this? Yeah. And I and I've walked with God long enough to know that, you know, when he leads you, he leads you in the path of peace. And that's how mm. I know for myself. Something of this smell looks like God. It smells like God. It's corroborated by scripture. It doesn't make sense in our society, which is also kind of a benchmarker as well, right? Because, you know, we can't, we can be in this world, but not of it. And mm. so I think all of these things, I was like, wait, that makes sense. Cause also the enemy is very crafty. He's insidious. And the fact that he works hand in hand with taking a truth, the beauty of feminism and twisting it in a way to where it's mm. like contrary mm. to the scripture of submitting to your mm. husband and like loving your wife that's where it started to get murky and i think in prayer it just it, it i think we walked away saying wow how much more clear is it, it just felt so clear the issue, you know the issue I mean? was never about the empowerment of a woman but like i think that's what the enemy will do he'll take one thing that's true twist it up just enough to like turn it into something Palatable, else yeah you know and to kind of answer you answered that so well so i don't really have much else to say about that but to to add to that i think to to your point about like was it difficult to acknowledge in light of like what's going on in culture you know i, I feel like when you are tapped into what's going on around you yeah like it there is a challenge in that you don't ever want to push too hard away i'll speak for myself you don't ever want to like be so foreign to like what's yeah. going on around you, you just almost live feel in like a bubble. you live in a bubble yeah. you know right, what i'm saying right, right, but right. i think ultimately like you like you pointed out when you recognize that something clearly is not working i think mm. real change happens when the pain of staying the same becomes too great and, and i think yeah. in in the case that we were experiencing it's like we knew that we wanted a a health not only just a healthy marriage but one where we had good communication and we lifted each other up when we were in front of people when we were we were by ourselves and we knew that especially with another child coming with an extra layer mm. of of like variable we knew it was it was of the utmost importance for the sake of our family's wow. health and dynamic mm. for wow. our children mm. to make sure that we were setting an example that right. our kids could follow and we could be proud of so so yeah and at that point it's like i don't really care what everyone else is saying mm. i think what's most important mm. is what's good for our family okay. and that's what god you know wants for us mm -hmm. and it was that desire to lean in that ultimately set us up for success. Because ultimately, if you care more about what other people are, are gonna say, then, yeah. you know, you're, you're, mis you're, missing, you're missing what's for you anyway. Yeah, are we people pleasers or God pleasers? You know, who we yeah. answer to at the end of the day? Yeah. So. As for me in my house, as for me in my house. <laughs> that part, baby. Joshua 24, 15, <laughs> That's how you know I'm a church, church kid. kid. I'm a church kid. Bro. No, that's how you know you got kids, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to ask a follow-up question to that. Loza said something so potent 
I don't think we should miss out on it. You you said um, at the end of the day, you answer to God. Isaiah has to answer to God. As you were saying that, I thought that was so powerful and freeing, but I could already hear the rebuttal in my head. I, I specifically remember being in my psychology of gender class back in college. I majored in psychology and I took a psychology of gender class and I, and I went to a Christian university. So we'd always incorporate faith into our conversations and the, the, the conversation around submission and headship came up and there was this, there was this debate one day. In class. <laughs> Sounds stressful, huh? S word. S word. Can we create a synonym? Can we create a synonym? Yeah. The the author of that book didn't create a synonym. (laughs) (laughs) Chairs, a couple. Yeah. Man. But uh, the the debate was in in the class that that was going on really was eye-opening for me, but essentially it came down to I will only – submit or lead or love or um respect as so long as they're doing their part Mm. if they do not reciprocate if they do not return the favor if they don't do it as much if not more than me i'm not putting myself out there uh Mm. and i think that's that's a that's a very dangerous take on things but at the same time i empathize and i resonate with that sentiment because there there's risk in doing it god's way and especially in the context of a marriage there's risk of not being met not having your needs being met right and i guess what i wanted to ask you guys was what are kind of the benchmarks that mark or that that uh that really define your relationship that allowed you guys to take the risk what what was the infrastructure set in place what were the foundations that were laid out that helped you guys take that risk and know that man at the end of the day i answer to god and i trust that this person is not going to leave me hanging because they also are submitted to god what what were some of the qualities that both of you guys possess, what are some of the things that you guys had been working on that allowed you guys the confidence and the freedom to take the risk of trusting God at his word? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll start. Um, Well, to your point, I think, I think there is, I think there's good reason for a woman to be hesitant about this whole idea of submission. If you don't take the full, picture into account. So even that verse that we're referring to, mm-hmm. um, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. I think you have to take two sides of that coin uh, in order for this picture to totally make sense. Because when we're talking about you know, divine order, for example, a, a husband needs to be submitted to God yeah. if there's ever any real chance of a wife being submitted to a husband in that right. way, right? That's so. Why would, why would a woman rightfully submit to someone who is not aligned with the God that has the best plan for her life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if a man is, and, and, and maybe some people have different feelings about this, but um, I think it's so important that, and, and what made sense for us is that we knew that in order for this to make sense, 
I have to be submitted to what God is saying. That's right. According to the scripture, I have to be led by him. I have to be aligned with the path that he has for my life yeah. in order for it to make sense for anyone else to, right. to even to even think about what I'm saying. And it's really at that point, not even what I'm saying. It's about what God's saying. So we're really an extension of what God yeah. is doing. ultimately. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I think ugh, I love that because I think that is inherent to marriage. Marriage is like most relationships. I'm entrusting to you all of who I am, hoping you don't crush me. And you're mm -hmm. entrusting all of who you are, hoping that I don't crush you. And in this very delicate balance of us choosing to serve one another, disregarding ourselves, nobody gets missed, right? But I think the clues that you're talking about or the, the infrastructure, the scaffolding that needed to be there for me to be able to trust him was obviously first the vow before witnesses mm -hmm. that we're vowing before God and before man to do this with one another. So it was first yeah. that promise, which and then followed or what the fruit can come before and after right me knowing that this man is a man who actually listens to the holy spirit he has a fruit to the spirit in his mm. life the one thing i'm not going to do is take a man that put the jesus sticker on mm. and don't listen to no holy spirit because yeah. if he doesn't listen to the holy spirit then obviously this is a rogue operation you just here to be cute for no business <laughs> like you ain't helping nobody you know what i mean like yeah. but if you listen to the holy spirit you answer to the holy spirit i can count on the holy spirit taking care mm. of me, mm. that he will instruct you to take care of me. And, and, and the I Holy think, Spirit will check me I, to make sure I'm honoring my husband. And I think that's a beautiful so. picture of marriage when, uh. when two people can really let go of feeling like they have to protect themselves. And, and you, you can, can't have that. You can't. In order for a marriage to truly be vulnerable and exposed, you have to let go of your guards, of all your devices, and just go into it knowing that you can get hurt. You know, yeah. and that's the unfortunate thing is sometimes people will, but it's yeah. like, who are you, who are you submitted to at the end right. of the day? Mm -hmm. right. You know, right. if I'm submitted to God, then I think it's going to make it really difficult for me to willfully hurt my significant other, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not to say that I won't even do it by accident, but even if I do it by accident, I'm aligned in a way where I right. know I have to correct right. what I've done. Right. Yeah, the Holy Spirit going to check you for me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he going to check me for you. And I think that's yeah. the beauty of having, you know, a triple braided cord yeah. can't be broken. That's good. That's why we have him there, so. I love that. Listen, we could, we could talk all night long. I just got mm -hmm. one more question. Honestly, this, we could camp out here for a couple <laughs> more hours, but uh, we won't do that to our listeners. Um, yeah, like, but as you guys are talking, I'm, you know, what's coming up over and over again is, you know, God has to be at the center of it all. And my last question is, you know, we're talking about misconceptions, things you wish you knew before getting into to a marriage. Clearly, y'all grew up in the church or Loza, you said you didn't grow up in the I church, did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but uh, you guys came into it cr as Christians. Yeah. So clearly there was some understanding that God has to be involved. I guess my question is. Were you aware of how involved God had to be in order for the marriage to be successful? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in church, but like it wasn't until I was an adult where I actually took my faith for my own. So yeah. I guess to that extent, I, I did not have any clue uh, what that meant, because to me, my idea of a life in the church was just kind of going through the motions of tradition of this is what you do. It's about community. It's about this, but without having your own personal relationship with God and really understanding what it means to follow 
him with everything, you, yeah. you, I, I did not have a, I did not have context for it because the true walk of a believer is one where you carry your cross, you lay everything down yeah. and it's not no longer about you anymore. So yeah. I think when that made sense to me, then the true gravity of, of marriage in this context that you're describing began to make a lot more sense because the relationship that we have with Christ is a reflection of what marriage really looks like anyway. Mm. You know, it's one that's sacrificial. It's one where you give of yourself fully and freely. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, not until I was an adult that I kind of get a better glimpse of that, but I certainly did not have an idea mm. as much as you could growing up. I didn't. Yeah. For me, it's a little different because I went searching for God when I was 17 and my desire to like want to find God in everything, right? Instructed how I did everything. I literally sought God in school. I sought God in my relationship. I sought God in everything. Um, so when I got married, I, I knew myself, right? I may, you know, I, as an ambitious person, I was tempted in my vows to want to write out all the things that I was going to do right by Isaiah and vow these things and promise him. But I knew that at every season of my life, Loza as a student, Loza as a worker, Loza as what was about to be a wife, the only thing that had ever given me peace and peace about the unknown was the fact that I had Jesus as a model and in everything, right? And excellence and in, in, in all things. And so the only vow, I, I, and I, I don't know if you remember, you better remember, but yeah. <laughs> that I said, all my vows can be summed up into this. And that's that I will vow to look to Christ to teach mm -hmm. me how to love Isaiah, to wow. teach me how to meet Isaiah, to teach me how to just be everything that Isaiah needs me as a wife to be and i don't even know what that is and because i didn't know what that was i think it was very easy for me to understand that i would need god to give me i've never been married before i don't know what this is like you know even though i've seen the model from my family because it wasn't necessarily the image of just like a godly relationship i you know i had i was kind of just walking it by faith and so i knew that i would need the holy spirit and god to give me guidance along the way. And so I promised Isaiah, I promise you that no matter how much I <laughs> frustrate you or all these things, I will always look back to the cross. I will always look back to him to tell me left from right. And mm. yeah, I feel like that's, it's been true. <laughs> it's yeah. been true. I've been coming to Jesus like, look, Lord, I'm gonna need help today. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this man or, you know, I know I messed up. God help me, you know? Mm. And so, yeah. excuse me, I feel a little disrespected right now. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's literally ha what happened at the baby moon right that's what you guys call it the baby moon literally it was like all right we got to bring this before the lord and and figure it's it nice out because this ain't working and so yep yeah no, that's beautiful thank you guys for your time and sharing your life with us i know it's not easy to come on a public platform and share some of the intimate things that god is teaching you some of the things that the Lord is doing within your heart and within your marriage. And so I don't take for granted any of the things that you guys shared today. Um, uh, I got to stop. I got to stop you because you know what? I actually think you don't give yourself enough credit because talking to you. So easy. It's so easy. Uh, That's why we call him Easy E. That's why we call him Easy E, man. Appreciate Seriously, it, you're so good yeah. at what you do. And we always feel the love radiating from just the other side of the screen, whether it's in person or far away, like you are one of the most authentic 
intentional friends that we have and mm-hmm. you mean you mean so much to us and we really appreciate you bro and what mm-hmm. you viewers did not see was that he prayed for us because i was nervous i know i can talk <laughs> i was stressed y'all i was honest to god like how am i gonna have this conversation you know um now but you it. he calmed me down and we were able to have uh the conversation that we've had before in a very open and an honest way. And so thanks and for making us We need more of that. And I feel like yeah. why he's so good at what he does he's is that he helps it. facilitate that so well. Yeah. So thank you. So man. good job. Thank you for yeah. giving us Shaping the Culture. Yeah. Man, y'all Hopefully are... this conversation shapes the culture. <laughs> for real. I'm praying that it does too, straight up. And thank you. You guys are so kind. And uh, I, uh, I love y'all dearly. Your friendship has meant the world to me. And I have been impacted uh, by your guys' marriage. And... Uh, Loza, I was actually going to share this with you when I was over a couple of days ago about a conversation we had three, four years ago about mm-hmm. marriage yes. and dating. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even want to like get Three years ago, Loza was crazy, Loza, y'all. <laughs> I'm glad the Lord's still working on me. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't bad. It was sir? good. It, it was, was good. good. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Good. It Without giving people too much, it's the reason why I'm here today and why I'm... I'll tell you off camera, but... <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, no, seriously, thank you guys for always leading by example and uh, not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Um, from our conversations, I've seen you guys wrestle and 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 uh, really fight to to make sure that you guys are living a life that's honorable and pleasing to the Lord and uh, taking him at his word every step of the way in everything, whether it's career, family, church, finance, uh, it's everywhere. And so... Um, yeah, man, I, I I love having you guys on here, and I hope to have you guys on here more. And for those who don't know, I doubt that you don't know about Los and Isaiah. They've got a new podcast called Love and Light with Loseas that y'all need to check out. They're light, on light, light and Love, Light and Love. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> on all pl- streaming platforms, and this podcast episode is sponsored by your Isaiah you want to give us the shout out here and let us know Tedros team the premier real estate team in Los Angeles yeah anyone looking to buy or sell we got you there it is where can they find you guys uh uh Tedros team at t-h-e-o-d-r-o-s team and uh my personal page is at i-s-a-y-a-s Tedros, T-H-E-O-D-R-O-S. Right, and mine's pretty simple. At lightandlove.life. Yeah, let's connect. There it is. Tell me if y'all agreed with, didn't agree with. I mean, I, I, obviously, Easy e will relay any other yeah. Slide in the DMs. Tell us how you feel. Yeah. We're, we're okay. We can take it. We, we can, can take, take it. it. Isaiah is on a mission to get canceled. <laughs> bro, just, just do it now, bro. Do it now. Just do it now. Oh, man. No, awesome. Well, this was great. Thank y'all listeners for tuning in, for rocking with us for an hour and six minutes. Hope this conversation blessed you. I know it blessed me. If nobody else got anything out of it, I got a whole lot. And uh, yeah, bless y'all. Love y'all. Until next time, family. Peace and grace. This isn't real life. I got a real life. Price is better and it ain't no doubt. I ain't got time to debate. This country to save. I can't think you, but I pray.